0: Greetings and salutations, you're tuning in to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm the host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart and open mind, living life and being free. In this episode, I will be speaking with Andrew Cox, a healing and meditation therapist who uses sound frequency to connect with the body's biofield and chakras. He will explain the different types of traditional instruments found from all over the world, And how he incorporates these tools with his healing meditation on patients to relieve pain and stress of the body and mind. Not only do we reveal his technique and how you too can experience his practice, Andrew shares his story of spirituality and his encounters with ghosts. One of the places he has come into contact with these entities is right here in Western Australia, the Midland Town Hall. So please enjoy the episode and I'll catch you at the end. Hello, how are you, Andrew?
1: (laughs) I'm well, thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in. One of the things I'm really interested in, and that is healing with frequency. And I actually went to one of your healing sessions, it was on a Friday night, the South Perth Senior Centre, and I thought it was fabulous. I had such an amazing experience, and I Told you a little bit about my experience, which uh, (laughs) some people might think, wow, that's a little trippy. I enjoyed it. I love that creating and and in your mind, whether or not you are creating it or if it is something that you're connected with. I really enjoy that transcending experience. Let's call it that. (laughs) So when I contacted you to see if you would like to do an episode with me, I thought, wow, brilliant. And now I get to share some of the information some of the knowledge that you have on healing with frequency and the instruments that you use and i i think a lot of people will find it really fascinating so thank you for coming in today
1: thank you thanks for having me and thanks for all the kind words oh yeah
0: (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) i thought we could start with your journey your journey to finding your passion in healing and frequencies
1: yeah, it's, it's a really great place to start. So, I've always been really interested in musical instruments. Uh, so, uh, ever since a, a really young age, really enjoyed just playing around keyboards and things. I'd noticed that when, when I look back, I always was drawn to various musical instruments on my travels. So, when I'm traveling the world, you know, I'd pick up like a rain stick in, in, in Idaho, um, flutes, you know, North American flutes in, in, in uh, Canada and also in Arizona, drums. I never really had an inclination to really properly play them or why I was buying them. It was just more something I just wanted to have lots of instruments. Things that, you know, instruments that I'd never really seen before, like like a rain stick, an Indian, North American Indian rain stick. Um, was something that I'd not really knew of until I actually saw one. Um, you know, prior to that, I was playing guitar and I was singing, I was in a band. Uh, so I was very much trying to uh, carve a career out of being a musician and wasn't very successful you know when I was probably 25 I, I think I realized that mm, I'm kind of getting a bit too old for this sort of band thing and and maybe I'm not going to get picked up by a label so I, I, I moved away I got an office job I started working as a stockbroker and I uh, did that for some years until I my health really started to deteriorate there's a lot of stress with we stopped breaking and investing in shares I
0: can imagine
1: um, yeah it's it's uh, so so we went i got married in in 2007 and we we went to china and then mm-hmm. we went to mongolia uh it was the beginning of the trip we were doing the the uh trans-mongolian railway line yeah. and uh i was in Batar. Um, I just come back from the Torres National Park, so, so basically I was living in a little tent, um, which was full of flies, and there was like dried mutton hanging from the the, the, the roof of this this tent. Uh, so
0: you were in a yurt. Yes, I was indeed. Yeah, exactly
1: right. There was a television. There was no power. Um, it was just the most bizarre experience, and, and very isolated with you know animals I'd never even knew existed around <laughs> us. And, it was very special. It was very nice. I,
0: I went to Mongolia as well. You did? Yeah, and I loved it. So I stayed with some nomads for a few nights and we stayed in a yurt. And it sounds exactly mm-hmm. the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was mm-hmm. an amazing experience. And, and then I get back to Ulaanbaatar and they had a computer in, in I think, just above the post office. Mm-hmm. There must have been more than one. But, but, but um paid a mad, mon- mad money to, to get an internet connection, logged on and the financial markets just turned upside down so it was the beginning uh, yeah. of the financial crisis and um, mm-hmm. so you know, I caught work and my clients have been doubling down on, on derivative positions so clients have a lot of uh, uh, futures contracts and options and things and so it was pretty stressful and we came back to Perth and we sort of traded our way out of that over about a year or two it took mm-hmm. a long time and um, then I decided I'll go and do the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and run a comedy show. so, so I, I did a comedy show in the oh, Edinburgh fringe hey. and, uh, and that <laughs> came with a lot of stress as well because I was producing it I'd written it I was the performer as well and then we're promoting it obviously in, in, in Edinburgh as well. and uh, but being having grown up in Scotland it was uh, my wife went to Germany with my mother-in-law. Um, so I was kind of left alone in this apartment to you know work on my show before. Before um, before the, the the audience came, and I was eating all these chocolates and things that I'd grown up with when I was when I was young. So I was eating all this bad food, and um, that and the stress, uh, you, I could see my body was starting to deteriorate. So I was getting inflammation around my eyes and okay. eczema flaring up, and um, yeah, got through the show. The body's pretty amazing. Got everything done. Had a little bit of a trip around Scotland as well, and when Savannah joined me in Scotland, and my diet got cleaned up a lot and I just couldn't <laughs> believe how much chocolate I was eating and then um, came back to Perth and the body just pretty much just said I've had enough you know it's not done I couldn't eat processed food anymore my whole body was just inflamed i was just, uh, just covered in, in, in um, inflammation and uh, i was uh, had eczema all over my body and, and it took a long time to recover so so uh, doctors weren't really helpful. They were giving me a lot of steroids, which mm. I didn't want to take. I knew that that was going to be a longer-term problem. Uh, naturopaths were helpful managing it, but no one was really getting to the bottom of the, or yeah, the root the cause. Yeah, mm. so I, um, the na- after a while, the naturopath that I was seeing kind of gave up and said, look, I don't understand. You've done everything right. Your, your diet's been great. You know, You've reduced your stress. To some degree, I was still kind of working as well um, from home. Uh, I certainly couldn't go into the office. And then um, she suggested I go see a kinesiologist. Kay. So I went and saw a kinesiologist. I didn't know what a kinesiologist was or how they how they functioned, what they did. And uh, I, you know, for, for the benefit of anyone that doesn't, there's never never experienced kinesiology before. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's an amazing modality. So, so you, the, 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 the client lies down and the practitioner monitors the client's muscles to read the body. So, so, so in other words, what happens with the muscle? When we're stressed, if, if our muscle's already in a relaxed state, it will tense up. And then the next time, if something else causes it stress, it will then do the opposite. It will relax and, and, and just so on. So, so it will always... The muscle will go from a relaxed state to a stressed state, mm-hmm. uh, or constantly change from one state to another based how okay. you know how much stress it yeah. has. So, so a kinesiologist will read the muscle just just by just touch, just to basically just having an eye up and you know off the off the off the off the bed if you like, and and she would just apply gentle pressure, and and it's just um it's a little bit like a giraffe if if you can imagine a giraffe if you're pushing the giraffe's neck down. Uh, gently and then the giraffe let's say got stressed and then mm-hmm. and, and tensed up then you would notice that little twitch your arms the same you have your your elbow resting on on a, on a flat surface and, yeah. and it's like an arm wrestle almost but very very gently okay You're looking for a very subtle difference but what we do as a kinesiologist uh, um jumping ahead a little bit here I, I studied kinesiology i'm so impressed um the practitioner will have lists you know uh various things words trigger words mm-hmm. and so so for, for me when her so she'll scan the list and, and sometimes we don't even look at it mm-hmm. it sounds maybe like hocus pocus for some but but we'll, we'll scan with a finger just running a finger down a list and then we'll feel the, the the change in the muscle and you go oh okay what's that and you go back and you, you might have to check a couple of words depending on how quick you're scanning and then yeah, okay you go ah okay in my case it was this is to do with money and i was like, oh, okay, yeah could be and 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 then she said oh let's let's find out when so then she did she asked me how old I was and then she counted (laughs) back the years and then she gets to 2007 and then she she narrows it down to a month so she pretty much got August 2007 um so so what was happening in August 2007 (laughs) well (laughs) I was um I was on my honeymoon um yeah that was was all fine And, and then I went oh hang on I remembered I was like yeah okay you're asking about money I knew what had happened, you know, the, 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 said, oh, that was the GFC. And she's like, well, what's the GFC? And I said, it's the global financial crisis. And she went, oh, okay, what's that to do with you? And I said, well, I, I work, uh, I'm a stockbroker. I, I do that for a living. And she, she went, oh, oh, what's to do with this then? That makes sense. Okay, how did you feel? I'm <laughs> <laughs> do you think I felt? So, um, so it amazed me how she pinpointed what it was about, when it was, and then went about a series of corrections which helped me relieve that stress so okay. um, and that's a whole other topic but um, at the end of that I felt amazing I felt really really good and I you know I said what I don't understand how you did all that and, you know so, so I, I went and studied kinesiology uh, probably within a month mu- within a year I I was enrolled in a course I think within a month I'd gone and actually investigated all the different colleges that actually teach it. Okay. Lucky for me, there's a good one here in Perth. And um, so three years later, I, 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 you know, had a qualification. And uh, at the same time, she also recommended I go to a sand bath to release and, and you know, continue uh, letting go and, and, and find a state of relaxation. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not it was due to kinesiology that she picked up on my love for music you know or, or okay. if she had um, or she just knew that that would help me i'm not sure which but so i went to sandbath and and, and it was incredible I, I was again i was just seeing all these new instruments <laughs> i'd not seen before or like gongs you see at the beginning of some of the carry on movies the rank organization you know and, and the guy hitting the gong but but you don't you know or in some bands i suppose you see a gong but but you don't see a gong played in the way for for you know stress release
0: and,
1: no. and i thought it was amazing and it, it, it felt really good i left i bought a bunch of tibetan bowls and, and, a, and a crystal singing bowl i came home and i spent like about <laughs> of bought these new instruments like a thousand dollars like, oh, you know? <laughs> even when we were in mongolia i bought a, a horse um a horse fiddle uh, so, so, so uh, you know i had that dh help back to perth it's too big to fit in the train and and um well, how big um, was that been? That yeah, was... it's it's big. It's 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 about sort of shoulder. Well, no, it's not shoulder. And height, the weight? It's, it's off the probably about up to your belly button, I suppose, when you stand up. You know, a normal person and wow. and um, uh, in a box. Yeah, it's it, it looks like a small coffin, um, <laughs> in the in the box. And we had to we had to smuggle this Chinese instrument out of China because the, <laughs> there I bought. I went to there was they have these beautiful stringed instruments in in China, um. Called an Uhu, I think I might be pronouncing that wrong. Uh, it has a snake skin uh, sort of sound box at the bottom of it. It looks like a strange violin a thin violin and they um, make a lovely sound And but the ones I was seeing were all just touristy ones and I, I wanted to find a proper music shop and, and the lady said oh you may not be allowed to take this out of the country. And it was new, it wasn't like an antique or it wasn't like a relic you know. and I said well okay um, well we'll try so so we you know had to hide it and then when we we're crossing the border from China to Mongolia the the, the, the train gets searched very carefully and um so I had <laughs> you're all these so stickers lucky China's like I put all these stickers all over it as if it was some um you know like rubbish guitar or something and then as we went through the border the guy did sort of look at it but he Dismissed it with all the stickers, and then oh. so we were fortunate we got that. So, so yeah, it, it was kind of strange, but <laughs> hey, they wouldn't let it go. It was, it was culturally significant being a musical instrument or something, mm. according to the lady that sold it to me. So, so we got it out, and then and it was kind of funny because everyone we met, they would look at it and say, oh, like in Mongolia, they would say, "Oh yeah, we have these instruments. They're called," and they had a different name for them. And mm-hmm. they said, "Oh, it's one of ours." And then I, and then we went to Russia, and the Russians claimed it was their idea. And then I got to. Budapest and I met someone and said oh yeah we have this instrument too it's called a, it's a different named instrument again and I said what's going on and, and, and then someone explained it said well it's probably because of the Silk Road you know like, like so, so yes. this would yeah. did originate from Eastern Europe or from China but it's gone along the Silk Road and it's been Shared and then they've copied it and made it their own and given it their own name. Mm. So, so
0: similar to the Tibetan bowls, Himalayan bowls. And they've yeah. you don't know where it
1: originates from because exactly. everybody yes. <laughs> wants yeah, to claim it. it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I always call them Tibetan bowls, but but mine are made in Nepal, and yeah, and a lot are made in India as well. Mm. You're right. Like yeah, it's it's um. <laughs> it's, so.
0: Um, so it seems, seems like everything was connected for you. Everything just came together the music, kinesiology, so that no. you are. Uh, is that
1: what your title is? Are you a Not kinesiologist? All, no, I, don't, I don't really do an awful lot of practice on kinesiology. Okay. I, um, my passion was more for the music. Uh, it really was. Okay. Um, kinesiology is amazing, uh, but I. some reason there's a there's a romance around the the musical instruments that that I'm very much drawn to so Mm -hmm. um so if I was going to give myself a title I'd say maybe a sound therapist therapist? would probably probably be the the, the right the right word but and you know meditation as well So, so so I um just thinking about yeah, what what is your your belief?
0: Do you mind me asking that question? Oh, yeah, sure, your your sure. spirituality
1: or your religion? Yeah, that's that's another story. In itself. <laughs> I've, I've, look, I've always been really open-minded with that. I when I was young, though, I was really fascinated with ghosts. I thought it'd mm-hmm. hey, be really interesting to see a ghost. I, I, you know, you hear lots of stories about haunted houses and things, and lots of movies made of documentaries, and I I wanted to validate that because that would that would give me some confirmation i was still fairly you know have you have a very analytical mind so i thought that well if i see a ghost or if i can talk to a ghost then that will give me evidence that you know that there is some life or there's some sort of existence after after the physical body mm-hmm. uh, passes and so i went on a mission uh or well, probably some 10 years ago to see if i could find a ghost and i went to <laughs> lots of haunted hotels um and, and I found some, so, so I i have been, so far, I've been pinned to the bed, um, can't to move, bed. absolutely cannot move, yeah. Um, uh, I've I've seen ghosts, I've spoken to ghosts with an EMF meter and also through mediums. Um, I've seen furniture move on, on command. Uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen things on Ouija boards as well, When I've been participating, I've, um, Had obviously, like probably most people have, you know, those really clear feelings in in places which have been confirmed. So, so yeah, I've had lots of interesting experiences. I've seen, I've woken up in the rooms where furniture's all been moved around as well. Um, so, So, so I have no doubt that, that, that ghosts are a real thing. Yeah.
0: Uh, w- <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you scared at any point?
1: Yeah, when I was pinned to the bed, I was terrified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was? What um, was it? Is rough, it just like but...
0: a dark shadow? Is it
1: a? No, I've not seen the dark shadow. I've not seen that. I've heard of that. Um, but but. Um... I think they
0: call them shadow people.
1: Right.
0: I don't. I've I've not seen them. Okay.
1: Yeah. I
0: I don't think I've actually seen anything. I'm. I I'm one of those people. I've. I travel a lot like go camping on my yeah. own I'll take my dog as well and so sometimes I I go out there and just think oh you know is there anything out here and I never never experienced anything I, not that I'm going out there to look for it <laughs> but I've always was that kid when something bad happened my friends would say Esther, go check can you can you suss it out and 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 I'd do it because I wasn't scared to an energy or an I don't know if you've ever experienced it but when you're on your own I've gotten it when I've traveled but it doesn't feel demonic or anything you feel like a presence next to you yeah and it's like something's walked into the room if you've ever closed your eyes and somebody's trying to sneak up on you it feels like that but there's no one there and so I often I get that, but nothing else. So not that I'm I would like to, but it's interesting <laughs> yeah. to hear when people have experienced things like that, because you're not the first that has told me about being pinned to the bed or things moving. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it gone now? How?
1: Oh, you... yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very confident that nothing's following me around. Uh, mm-hmm. I, um, in fact, I I was referred to someone once when uh, many years ago in, here in Perth who um uh when I was, you know, interested in ghosts, uh, I think I made mention to someone I worked with that I was going to stay at some haunted hotels in the UK. And they said, Oh, you gotta go talk to this guy. He's he's always going, he goes to graveyards and all kinds of stuff. And I, so I rang him up and I said, Oh, look, you know, friends told me about you, you're a bit of, you know, like he was an IT guy that applied for a job or something uh, mm-hmm. with us. And And I said, so I'm kind of interested. I, I, you know, I haven't seen a ghost yet. I'd like to sort of, you know, and he said, oh, yeah, I go to Karakata. I go to the middling great, great graveyards. These are graveyards here in Western Australia, uh, fairly old ones. And and he told me all these stories. And then he then he segued off to this um, tangent and said, oh, well, you know, I also get, you know, I've had to, you know, I've been I've had like a like a demon or whatever that's followed me around and so and I thought I don't want to hang out with this guy oh, I my just God. This. so I don't know maybe he was you know maybe it was truthful maybe he was imagining it I don't know but but you just sometimes you just think I don't need to hang around that person you mm. know, so I can yeah know that. but <laughs> no I'm not aware I don't believe that I'm being followed around or anything like that no I, I was just looking for uh some confirmation and got some so so but here in perth the midland town hall is i would say the best place in the whole world That well at least that i know of where you can go see a ghost midland 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 town Town hall Hall. simple as that yeah it's just it's like literally a 20 minute drive from from perth city it's an old town um the older buildings are probably more than 100 years old that, that are there and there used to be, before COVID, there used to be a, go- a regular ghost tour would go through there, I think, every second week. And it okay. uh, was ran by one of the counsellors. She she tried to go to the toilet once, and she saw someone go into the loo. So she waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And <laughs> and what's going on? She started knocking on the door, going, are you okay in there? And then they opened the door, and there was no one in there. And, and then some of the other people that she worked with started saying, yeah, there's uh, some strange things that happen here. But she got really mm. interested and did the research, and um, and then started a tour. And they, they yeah. they've counted over hundred ghosts that they know by name, and they know why they died, and what they were doing, and why they were there. It's, it's wow, incredible! Like, and you go there, and you have to put fluoro on. So when you okay. see someone that's not wearing fluoro, you kind of know that that's probably a ghost. <laughs> so it's kind
0: of that's quite clever, actually. Yeah, <laughs> unless the ghost gets smart.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it changed, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it was that was the best experience I've ever had. It was I felt really good when I left because there's a lot of children that are there that have all died, and and okay. they they play they play these games. They, the folks that I don't know about the counselors, but definitely the, the people in the tour leave a lot of toys out for the children to play with, and mm. they it's like watching. um Uh, Close Encounters of a Third Kind. When you see all the stuff moving around and things like, like it it was like that. Like these children are, they just wanted to play. They wanted us to read them a story, and then when we didn't, they stopped moving the furniture around. And and then when we did read the story, then the furniture started getting moved around again. Like they were just, they were just being children. They were having so much fun. Amazing. I I don't have any children, so it was kind of, it was kind of fun just hanging out, playing with these. You couldn't see them, but (laughs) you knew they were there. They had these buzzers that they were the battery operated little buzzers there's no wi-fi or bluetooth or anything connecting mm-hmm. them up they're just standalone things and they were they were pressing these buzzers that would make a noise and light up and i have i took video it was incredible It was just,
0: was, oh, wow. just couldn't explain
1: other than you know there, there was a real skeptic came with me that night there was three of us and
0: even he like
1: afterwards was just going that was really interesting (laughs) get his head around what what had happened that night (laughs) it was great so yeah so what what came out of you you, yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so 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 it it gave me confirmation that there's definitely some life after death after the after the physical body passes on and I, i have done some psychic courses and spoken with mediums and things and they Um, There's a consistency with the ones I spoke with that, you know, uh, how they communicate with people that we want or people that want to give us messages Mm -hmm. and how they validate that they are who they say they are. And you know, the the experience, the the knowledge that passed on to me, I suppose, was was really that, um, you know, people tend to, after after we die, they, they tend to visit their own funeral. It's kind of interesting. Like, so, okay. so when you go to a funeral, the person that you're, you know, the honoring, I suppose, is, is, is there with us. And then, and then they experience their life from the other person's point of view that they've had an impact on. Mm-hmm. So, so if you've done a lot of good things in your life, then I suppose that's quite a nice experience. Mm-hmm. But if you've been someone who's, you know, bullied people or, or something, then then you're going to suffer that, you know, for, for, I don't, for I don't know for how long because they're not all friendly, these ghosts. I mean, some of them aren't, like the children were, but, but the, there were some in Midland Town Hall at least. like there was definitely one person didn't want me there. Because um, I remember we were in this big ballroom and, and everyone's running around with these, well not running around, I was walking around with these EMF meters, trying to sort of have a conversation mm-hmm. with a ghost. And, and I went, I thought, well, if I was a ghost, I'd probably just go behind the curtains and just get, all, get away from all this noise because there's always people here in my house. Yeah. And can, so, so being a bit of a hermit, you know, that's, that's the way I was thinking. I was just, well, that's where I'd go. So, so I went, <laughs> went behind the curtains and, and my meter just went off the scale. And I went, oh, hello. Um, Do you mind me being here? I asked. And then I got nothing back. And I thought, well, okay. Would you prefer me to go? And then the, the meter just lit right back oh, up again. No. I'm, I'm really, 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 really sorry. Um, thanks so much for having us. I'll I'll, I'll just leave you in peace. And I so, so I stepped back from behind the curtains. Mm. It's it's a stage, it's not like a wall there, there's a gap there Yeah. And everyone was gone. I was just in this room all by I was in this big ballroom all by myself everyone <laughs> my left. I was like, oh, great. And I had to try and do the walk of shame, you know, like across, but I, I knew I wasn't welcome. I just you knew like 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 what you were asking about before, like when you had that feeling, like like mm. it was you had that feeling like, oh, don't think this, you know, and maybe it was because it was a bit dark and claustrophobic there, but, um, but yeah, I guess i left. But but um, so yeah, maybe like you suggested, like, so, and then I think, you know, from what, what I've been, what I've read and what, you know, what these mediums have said that I trust, you know, that um, these are people that I've, I've validated, that have actually reached out to someone that, I, that I've known in my past and have given me some information that, that makes sense yeah the, you know there's a, a whole nother life and then you know or existence and then i think they get bored and then they decide okay i'd like to i'd come back onto the physical world and experience something else now mm-hmm. and they somewhat choose their own adventure you know like they say okay i want to have a, a life of poverty or i want to have a life of you know riches mm-hmm. and i want to eat well and you know i don't you know like and i think they choose their own path and i think that that i this is my speculation now I suspect if you choose you must therefore choose your parents I think well if I you know if I come out with these rich people then I'll probably have a good life you know or you know at least I have the money that I'm looking for Mm. but that might then come with some tragedy later on who knows
0: I just feel as if a lot of people are under the same impression that when we are reincarnated and I I think a lot of people believe in reincarnation Mm. we do pick the next life and you get people go oh wouldn't I just pick a life being rich and so and so and so and so <laughs> as a developing soul. Cause I think we develop ourselves every time we have a life experience. I think when you get to that place, that place where you pick and choose your parents and the life you want, there must be something that happens there that makes you realize you need to experience something that you haven't experienced before. You want to experience a certain type of suffering yeah. so that you can, become I guess you know raise your frequency and become a supreme being I'm not too sure I think so too I I, I agree yeah that's that's Mm. that's what I thought
1: is that
0: what you think I think there's a lot more to it than that just because you have that life doesn't mean you're going to be a good person doesn't mean that you're going to be a, a giving person or you could experience some pretty bad things I think there's some sort of it's like a, a test or a questionnaire that we go through before we're reincarnated. That's
1: exactly what I. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been. Uh, what I've learned. Mm. Yeah, and and could be I wrong. Think that'd be great. Could be wrong.
0: <laughs> that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. It's. it's
1: I think that. I also heard that. If you die with a lot of wealth, material wealth, then, you don't. You're not given as not the clothes that you wear in in the end, in the next i don't know what you call it maybe the next dimension or afterlife or something um are rags you know whereas the the folks that that you know had a more um humble existence on the earth dressed better so so yeah. but that that's what i that's what i've read i don't i have no idea you know, so, so that's what yeah no absolutely
0: yeah so it's it's an interesting thing (laughs) I don't know if many people are like us and question it and think about it yeah I'm I'm actually looking forward to the next life Mm. not saying that I'm going to go out and try (laughs) and do anything to myself but yeah I'm I'm intrigued I'm so intrigued by it yeah I'm obviously going to live the best life that I possibly can and, and learn as much as I can from this experience but yeah I'm I'm excited (laughs)
1: <laughs> would, you, would you choose if you could choose? Would you choose your same face, or would you would you choose a different body, or like you know, would you would you, would you want to come back exactly as the same? or would you?
0: I like being a female. There's obviously traits and features that I don't like, oh. but we're all hard on ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I've I've, I've always wanted to be an explorer. A biologist or specialize in, in ancient civilization, I think that would be be a good life. If I could start all over again, I, I think I might be too old now. No, but. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's not the right time to be traveling lots of different countries. Mm. I'll have to. Uh... <laughs> so, your spirituality religion you you said that you meditate is that part of a a buddhism background hindu or is meditation just something you taken in as meditation is good for you the deep breathing and
1: yeah 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 absolutely um uh i through the learnings with the not so much the kinesiology but certainly with the sound, the practicing when i was learning that uh, i i studied um, through the academy of sound healing and they um, at the beginning of that course you very much connect with your instrument so mm-hmm. you do have some quiet time with an instrument and you, you, you learn to connect with it and through those exercises you then realize that if you do take a break and take a moment and try and clear your mind you you're able to Sense or deduce a little bit more from, from, from whoever it is that you're working with, mm-hmm. you, you can make that connection. And it's a very important step when, when working, whether it's a group or whether it's one to one, you begin you know, thinking of this uh, feeling of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I often I like the example of the love that you get from like a pet dog, you know, where you get this unrelenting love back it doesn't matter if you left the dog outside, you, you didn't give me enough water. Like they still want to be with you. Like it's mm. just this, this, this passion. And, and then you have this love connection. Um, and it can be someone special in your life or it can be the love that you crave for, you know, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can conjure that up, if you can really feel that, begin the session with that feeling of love and both the practitioner and also the, the client or the audience, if you're working with a group, that's really powerful that's where a lot of healing can take can really take place so so they're linked so the meditation's great you know it's, it's similar um, in that clearing the mind and just being calm creates that lovely space for the body to relax and find some of the answers that, that the body might be looking for mm-hmm. so um so yeah i find it really helpful um and uh
0: but do you, like you have to time to it. do
1: it every day? No, I don't make time to do it every day. It would be great to say I'm the perfect human being. <laughs> <every day. laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a little bit out of practice um, when when we bought, uh, my wife and I bought another house and we moved in and we we're really, really busy. So so I make time to do it every day. But, but it's you can't do enough of it, to be honest. That The more you do it, it becomes addictive mm-hmm. and... Uh, it does it's become a, it, is addictive. Good, it is a good daily practice if if you have the discipline to do it yeah sometimes
0: yeah. when i'm with my friends i have like, got to go guys oh, really? like, what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> 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 You're kind of a little embarrassed to share it oh. i sometimes i mean i've um i don't do this often but on occasion sometimes i'll, I'll do it saturday and sunday but maybe the longest I've ever gone I've stopped and started would have been around six hours wow. each day yeah, amazing. yeah. Mm. and sure. and you just you got to figure out as well is my mind playing tricks on me so you write things down and see if things make sense and you really have to analyze everything and try to see if it relates to something that did happen to you just to make sure that you're not creating something and yes. so you, yeah i guess you, in a way you need to be a little mature about doing things like that yeah, absolutely. um obviously if you're a bodhisattva or a yogi it's your life so <laughs> i'm not sure what they experience <laughs> um, but i have a lot of fun with meditation so with the frequencies what what do you know about the history of how frequencies can heal the body so with your instruments
1: yeah so well, there's a lot to unpack there the um so obviously the vibrations created by the instrument will spread out and, and have an impact on us both physically and emotionally as well and um so for example a drum so if if, if you have a heartbeat that's that's beating at a particular rhythm uh, a particular pace a, a drum beat can entrain that. So, so, but, you know, the, you know, if, if, if we're playing the drum at a, at a faster pace, you know, within a, a very short period of time, perhaps like a minute, you know, the, the heartbeat can can then begin to match the drum. The heart is 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 then overwhelmed by this faster drum beat and it will then cause the heart to beat in a mm. similar pace. And our bodies are the same. Like, Well, obviously it's part of our body, but, but the whole body, all the cells, everything inside our body, We'll have a reaction to to the vibrations. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what kind of really interested me with sound and kinesiology was with kinesiology. When we do a correction, so once we've worked out what the problem is for the person or whatever the motion was, um, thing in the past the person maybe needs to let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, we then use so there's a variety of things, but but one of them are tuning forks, which which are tuned to Different, uh, let's say, organs of the body, for, for example. So, so, the the combination of those forks will will entrain the body and, and, and reset and recalibrate, you know, parts mm-hmm. of the body. So, yeah. so um, um, it's and and the musical instruments that I that I play are similar. They're less. Uh, I mean, I, I do have organ sets of of tuning forks. The um, kinesiologists will, will also use meridian uh, tuning forks or solfeggio tuning forks is there's, there's a variety of things that they, they can use um so if i'm working with one particular person uh, sometimes i will use a a tuning fork to you know to to listen to imbalances in the energy field around mm-hmm. the body so, so obviously our bodies have lots of energy fields or lots of different body, we have lots of different bodies and um it's really interesting listening with a tuning fork. If, if for example, someone's lying down, and then you, you run a tuning, you activate a tuning fork, and then you collide it over the person just in a consistent level, just mm-hmm. you know, say from the for the torso, say up to the neck, yeah. and 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 listen very carefully, you'll hear subtle differences as as it waves through, let's say, the aura, and 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 you can pick up on these different sounds. So it, fascinating and then you, you might say so all like you know maybe around their neck, for example, you'll hear it will diminish mm-hmm. or um, or it might 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 actually increase but and then you can bring it back you can bring the tube fork just back slightly and it'll it'll replicate the same sound and then you can go further forward again and, and, and then you know that okay that's not just some imbalance in the fork you know it's actually something's going on here yeah um, and that's amazing you know you can you can actually because the p- patient can then listen and say ah, oh, Oh yeah, yeah, I can hear that, you know. And then you that then you can maybe have a conversation around that, find out what's going on there. Or, um, a kinesiologist will be a bit more dynamic and probably find it without even engaging with the client. But but in terms of sound, it's it, it's you know it's 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 a it's an experiment anyone can do at home with a, with a, with any instrument really. Mm. I like the tuning fork because it's small. It doesn't unlike a bowl with. Uh, the ball is a big mass above the body and therefore it's creating, I, I like to think, uh, imagine if I was pushing that ball through the water, it would create a ripple. So so with a tuning fork, it's a lot more subtle, it's a lot smaller. Yep. So, so that's one, one of the reasons why I like that. Um, and I find that I, I, I learned uh, through reading a book called Human Tuning, I think by, oh, Ileon McCusick. Uh, I, I, I may have got, I've, I'm sure mispronouncing her Name now, but she has a book. I think it's called Human Tuning, and she explo- she calls it the biofield. The, the different energy bodies around the body. She, she, she refers to it as a biofield. And in in her research, she's noticed that about two meters away from your body uh, would be you know the the waves of like from the early say your birth, yeah. and then getting closer to your body is then more uh, more more present time. Mm. So by waving a fork through through your biofield, let's say, we can hear these subtle differences. And she's began to piece together, you know, different parts of the body in terms of what relationships they may be having with your with your, um, say, members of your family or moving forward in life. And I find a, a lot of consistency when I was working with clients. You know, like a, waving a tuning fork, moving it close to the body, and then saying, "Oh, okay, well, um." So maybe when you're like 15 or somewhere, you know, like 20 years old, like what was going on with your mother? Like were you having an issue with your mother? And then, and then they'll say, oh, yeah, OK, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of resolve that as well by by continuing to move the shooting fork in towards the body. Um, it will, um, let's say, reform, you know, smooth that energy out mm-hmm. after a little while. Sometimes it can be pretty stuck. Sometimes you do need to get a big bowl in there and actually do a bit more work. But you will find after maybe five minutes that the sand will become consistent again. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's quite strange, but you know, if, if you, if you're not thinking open-minded about this sort of stuff, but. It makes sense. You find, yeah, hopefully, yeah <laughs> it does. Absolutely. As well. so, so, um, so, so that's one thing that we do with frequency and I will change the different forks. So i use a, 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 Solfeggio set in, in, you know, I use the, the lower vibrations around the, the feet, higher frequencies around the head, mm-hmm. probably for obvious reasons. And I find that, that that's actually quite good. Um, occasionally, you do get stuck energy and then I'll bring out a ball, um, usually a Himalayan ball, uh, because they the overtones uh, are much more prevalent and therefore I, I like to think that that's having a better impact than, than say a crystal singing ball, okay. which, which, which is... Um,
0: I, I had a, yeah. the impression that the crystal bowl would have more of an impact.
1: It's a good, yeah, you're right. It, it's in terms of your logic is is, mm-hmm. is absolutely right. Yeah, I, I agree in that the crystal singing bowl is so much more consistent and, and perhaps more powerful as well in terms of its, uh, volume, in terms of loudness. Um, but the Tibetan bowl is, is you know, such a, um, uh, it's, it's an instrument that, yeah, it has, let's say a fundamental note but has so many overtones as well and therefore I tend to use the Tibetan bowl because it you're getting let's say it's tuned let's say it's it's closest note is an f note Mm -hmm. um it will also emit so many other notes uh or frequencies if if you haven't quite got if the f's not quite right like it'll 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 deal with all the other ones at the same (laughs) time so if, if someone comes to me and said, oh, I really want to work on my throat chakra, it's really to do my throat, I, I need to speak up better, you know, blah, 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 then, then yes, I'll bring out the, um, I'll use crystal signals, because I know that's exactly what we're dealing with. And um, working in the biofield, it's a little bit less precise, is it sort of here, or is it, is it, like you know, between your heart chakra and your throat chakra, or is it, you know, or is it the heart chakra we're yeah. working it with, it can be a bit vague, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do use them both, but predominantly I'll go to the Tibetan bowl when I'm working in the biofield. Uh, so yeah, so, so there's a real connection with the the frequencies and the human body, and um, I, I, I think the first thing, the best example of this is is um, entrainment. Uh, there's some great entrainment examples on on YouTube where. Um, so I in fact, I, I did a video as well where I had a, an instrument that was I think it was tuned to A. Yeah, it was, and and um, so my when I my, my dog hugo he's a little german shepherd and he barked when he was young he, he would bark in a so so all my instruments that were a if it was a bowl or had an awakening bell they would ring so he'd bark and then these things would ring and then he'd bark back and then <laughs> more and would be in this loop so so i made a i commissioned a, a beautiful stringed instrument so some years ago was, Um a gentleman made, made this beautiful instrument for me and uh we got the dog out and, and, and the dog was barking and, and this, was, this was ringing beautifully. And, and, and so I, did a, an ex- I tried to do an experiment on YouTube, but outside you couldn't really hear the instrument very well. So I, I went back to an awakening bell and um, I did this experiment. So, so oh, sorry, I, I think I'm missing the point. So, so what I was trying <laughs> to right. say is um, <laughs> it's a great story. When, we, when we have, for example, two, two tuning forks, both the same, mm-hmm. if you activate one, the other will ring without Mm. a physical contact it sounds like a
0: similar well the same theory to royal raymond rife
1: ah right yes the rife machines yeah the tuning forks and yeah exactly right so the body body's the same you know in the dog's case the dog was activating the the musical instruments for the same reason and (laughs) and, but i found that vibration of instruments have a profound effect on the body and, and can um when you in the same way that music makes us happy and sad or absolutely you know or, yeah. or, or um, make us cry and so so if you play different chords or different triads then you, know, you will evoke different responses from 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 um, whoever can hear the music and mm-hmm. uh and, and that's what i try and do w- with my sound baths um try and evoke a response where people can release and then also give some reforming sounds towards the end so they can feel good about that put something back in it's wasn't it's good to let go but it's good to put something back in so yeah there's a big effect i, I yeah. love working with that stuff
0: and do you have a favorite instrument
1: um <laughs> <laughs> oh, it depends on the day um, <laughs> um look i love i love the crystal singing bowls because they're accurate guess because i'm i'm still very much in my mental head sometimes i still have an analytical side so i i kind of like the consistency and reliability of a crystal singing bowl i think they're wonderful um they're quite loud as well so they, they're great in a in a in a, in a, in a big room mm-hmm. so so you can make lots of nice things but the tibetan balls more of a challenge to play in the sense that sometimes um you know they're not they're not as consistent and they're they're handmade so so you know which is which is lovely uh it's the romance of the balls but because they're handmade you can't push them too far otherwise the your your mallet will ring against them and, and, and make dissident sounds, which sometimes i do um when we're releasing but but um i think the gongs are big uh big 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 favorite of mine i do enjoy playing gongs i like planet gongs uh when i say that they're Tuned to the frequency of planets. Mm-hmm. So one of them I have is is uh, it's like a like an earth gong, if you like, and, and it's um its closest fundamental note is F. And I've I've noticed over the years that when I buy like the first when I went to that first sound bath that I went to and I came home with those instruments, two of those instruments were, were, were tuned to F. And um, so the singing bowl was an F note, and the uh, one of the Tibetan bowls was an F. And then um, my favorite gong. It's not my largest gong but it, it's it's only 32 inches which is still a reasonable gong and but it's yeah it's, it's the F note again and it just sounded really good when I was listening to it yeah mm-hmm. before I bought it and I thought that's the best one but um, and, I, and I and I also really like my stringed instrument which is a monochord on one side and then underneath is a is a koto and, and I also have an Indian tempora underneath and and so it's a three it's a multi-instrument It's about a meter, just over a meter and a half long, and stringed instrument. I had it made um, in America for me. uh, Chap picked it up in 2019, just in December. I was was kind of lucky, really, with my timing with COVID and everything. I didn't know that was going on, and I I flew over to to America to pick this up and, and came back with it. It was cheaper to go on fly to America, pick it up, than it was to get posted to I Australia. bet, yeah. I bet. <laughs> I had it made with a box that was just exactly the right size for a Qantas flight. And, um, <laughs> uh, and it was great. So that would probably be my favourite, being that I commissioned it. Um, and it's all custom-made with the little wood that I love and everything. And, and, um, but I don't take it out very much because it's so big. and yeah. it's, it's a bit clumsy.
0: Do you have any normal instruments?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got a big collection of guitars. I, I, I love guitar. I mean, I've always loved guitar. So yeah, I've got lots of guitars. uh That would be my normal ones and my bagpipes, which I don't really know how to play. Bag but I've got bagpipes pipe. as well. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You'd so have a field day at your instrument? place, just
0: like.
1: <laughs> yeah, <it's insane. laughs> yes.
0: Oh, and so. <laughs> What's next for you? What's happening with the sound baths? Are you oh, wow. planning on doing more? Are you expanding? Yeah.
1: Um, probably not expanding right now, as, as um, we're pretty kind of limited what we can do in Perth with COVID. But um, uh, but I am teaching, so I've been so the the, the academy of sound healing did approach me and asked if I would be willing to to teach sound Saint- oh, uh, in, in, in Western Australia. So. Uh, that was last year, and I um, I've been being trained up and coached, and uh, we're doing our first workshop in March. So fantastic! So I'm, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I'm excited so for
1: train, you. <laughs> train up. There's going to be lots of people doing sound in Perth, and um, because it, it's a it's a very popular modality, but it's not one that everybody understands. No. You know, you walk in a room and they say, "What do you do?" Oh, you know, I do sound meditation, and they're like, "What's that?" <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so you're yeah. finding
0: more people are becoming
1: interested in this. I think so. Do you yeah. know why?
0: Why would that be, do you um, think?
1: Well, I think it, it, there's, a, there's an element of romance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the, the, the instruments, the sounds. But I think people are becoming more aware of the benefits of meditation. And mm-hmm. I think it's the combination of those two together. Um, I think they're very powerful. So even if you're new to meditation going to a sound bath is very accessible and it can just be as simple as just a relaxing hour or hour and a half in a room and then you leave and you go home uh, or it, it can be much much deeper and you know we've we've made it uh, my wife and i we have made a, a big difference to a lot of people over the years uh, mm. uh, you know we've had some folks have come you know i've had some really interesting meditations and um, life-changing experiences and one one lady even gave me a big hug and, and thanked me because I, she said I'd saved her life, and I said, well, how, how did that happen? You know, what do you mean? I haven't done anything. And she said, no, 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 like the I have different themes each week, mm-hmm. and one of my favourites is the uh, where we go into a higher place, if you like, and we go into our we open our third eye, and we go for intuition, mm-hmm. and she'd had an experience where she was. Talking to her parents, who both had passed on, and they were arguing about whether she, this girl was going to come and see her, see them. And she didn't understand. And she did not She did ask me about it after the sessions. What do you think it means? And I was I no idea, and I didn't want to yeah. put anything onto her. You know, like I just went, look, I, I don't know. Like you know, have a think about it. In the next day, she was in the shower, and she'd noticed that she was, um, she was, she had some symptoms that she felt that she needed to, that she'd been aware of that she'd been ignoring it. and the next morning she thought i'm going to go to hospital and get that checked out and she had an operation that day so wow. it was that serious so it was the meditation so not not so much me but her meditation uh you know and then she put it all together sometimes people come to our sessions and you know they have these interesting experiences which become more clear to them in the days after the event mm-hmm. and uh and it's good hearing these stories and there's lots of stories like that where people have come and they've found the answers they're looking to for and, and gone in a different direction with their life so yeah. so yeah I, I i i am excited about oh, so so yeah your question was why why are people interested so i think i think people bring their friends and their 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 friends experience it and then they go oh that's that was great i'll come back and then usually they do come back and it's not unusual that they bring a friend and um and it grows, and uh, so I think it was something that wasn't very well understood, you know, four years ago, four or five years ago. But I think now there's a much greater amount of people. You know, the internet's obviously helping as yeah. well, and I think it's just word of mouth. That it, it, it was, it was not as well understood, you know. When I went to my first sound bath, it was a little bit like, "What's that?" You know, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think now it's, it's a lot more mainstream now. Yeah,
0: and the things that I really like about it as well is usually when we do have a health problem it, there's an, an underlining reason and it's usually really quite simple we've just yeah. got to figure it out and i think you can do that with meditation and sound baths
1: absolutely yeah. the answers are always within they are you know, like <laughs> it, 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 you know or look within look within their self-conscious give their sub- subconscious like a, a voice or invite their spirit guides or you know their god or their guardian angels or whatever they want to call it like an, and then ask look for the messages and then however it merges it merges those messages um, mm-hmm. can be very very powerful mm-hmm. and um yeah, it was interesting because i think i think it was your idea like the same bath, the theme was was, was was it your idea was uh was,
0: there was two of us it so mine was yeah. <laughs> mine
1: was uh
0: <laughs>
1: why are we here okay that's perfect yeah that so was right. uh, why are
0: we here and the other <laughs> lady had awesome. self-love that's right so yeah
1: i um so, so it's this, a
0: good combination
1: it, it worked out it was interesting because normally I advertise the event and on my web page I put the theme for the night so for those that come regularly that, that want to see what's coming up they can look and um, we had a small surprisingly small, small crowd the, the, the week that you came and and um, no one had come for the no one knew what the theme was yeah. so I thought okay <laughs> let's just put that to the side what does everybody want, want to do and then you know, it's great that you spoke up, and 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 then uh, and the old lady did too. And I think some folks came back last night that, that were there uh, from from the week before. And and, and, and um, I
0: tried to book in again Friday oh, yeah. night. I couldn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it was sold
1: Oops, out. <laughs> last night, yes. so, um, Sorry, no, sorry. Okay. And, and, um, thanks, thanks, for looking. Anyway, so, so, so um, but um, whoops, I. I I uh, find it interesting when when no one comes for the for the theme, we just open it up, and then it usually works. out. It's usually what the other people in the room are also looking for as well. Mm. So so, um, and it's fun, you know, just kind it of going fun. off mm. the uh, off the page a little bit and and uh, uh, and, and doing something a little you know um, a little bit more random perhaps. Yeah, and melding yeah. two of those themes together was 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 was, was, was good. So oh, yeah.
0: yeah, and so if any of my listeners would like to visit you. How do they do that? How do they go about it?
1: Yeah, well, we have a website and or Facebook page as well and Instagram. So, so the name of the company is or the name of my my, my my company is Tree Mend Us Health. So it's just spelled tree, as in a tree, and then mend, and then us. So it's uh, it's clever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, so my wife is a naturopath and we were looking for a you know some sort of natural healing sort of but positive um and uh that we came up with tremendous health and and uh, uh and we had the little eureka moment so with, tree of dinner one night. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so, so, so <laughs> yeah and i advertise everything on there there's, there's lots of videos and um you know if you're interested like i, I there's a video where we I had an aura camera one one night before the sound healing and then after the sound healing the differences were incredible there's a video about that there's also a video with some entrainment as well and i do some other videos as well where i demonstrate different vibrations and um and the effect is different instruments have or what that might look like on the on the body using a vibrating plate and some sand so, mm-hmm. so there's lots of stuff there if anyone's interested
0: yeah Yeah. i'll also put the links with the episode and yeah
1: they can just
0: click on the link and check it out i'll highly recommend to go down to a a healing frequency sound session and especially on a friday night instead of going out into the city and getting drunk and then hating yourself the next day <laughs> but anyway, I'd like to thank you again, Andrew, for coming in and taking out the time to share your knowledge and
1: um, make my listeners aware. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank a pleasure. Thank you.
0: <laughs> that concludes the conversation. Healing with sound frequencies. I trust you resonated with the information. Perhaps even you'll seek out a holistic approach when battling illness of the mind or body. Remember. We are all vibrational beings with the intelligence and capability to tap into our own immune system, chakras, and the brain to find the root cause of sickness, disease, or disorders. You just need to open your heart, open your mind, live life, and be free. Thanks for tuning in.